Welcome to Life Skills 101, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. Your host, Lisa Nearing, has homeschooled her five kids for the last 29 years. She has a master's degree in human brain development and a master's in marriage and family therapy. She is currently the owner of True North, offering everything from Hebrew classes to chemistry. She and her husband, Dr. David Nearing, are passionately committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools and resources necessary to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, your host. Hey everybody, it is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and I am here to talk to you about the cost of education. Wow, there's been a lot of chatter about this on Facebook groups and everything. So I thought I'd do a little research and find out what are the actual costs of public, private, and homeschooling in America. But first, I want to talk to you about the cost of ignorance, because I think this is an important thing to think about. We hear about educational neglect in the homeschool community, um, and <laughs> it's happening in public school and private schools, too. So let's just talk about the cost of ignorance, because here's the deal. Parents, it is really your responsibility to make sure that your kids are learning. I've, I've worked with families who had kids in private school for years. They were always getting A's. And then when they pulled them out to homeschool them, they realized that they couldn't do basic things like multiply or write a paragraph. And so really, I want to encourage you as parents, it is your responsibility to find out if your kids are learning, what are they learning? Are they on track? Do the grades reflect what they actually know and all those kind of things? Um, if you're not sure how to do that, I'd love to chat with you about it. It's easy to give your kids basic, simple assessments. We have a diagnostic test at True North Homeschool Academy too, and that is really helpful because it tests by grade level as well as individual ability. But you don't have to do a test to just find out where your kids are at. So again, if you have any questions about, is my kid doing what the, the grades are saying they're doing? I don't feel, I feel like there's this disconnect or whatever. Touch base with us. We'd love to help you and work with you. Okay, so everybody knows ignorance really is costly, right? Um, it, it has long-term, wide-ranging effects on individuals, communities, and honestly, society as a whole. That's why, because um, way back in the day before we started industrialized um lockstep method of education brought here by John Dewey and Horace Mann and other social reformers in the late 1800s, um, we had private education in America. And look, the literacy rate at that point was very high because communities took it very seriously that their, their people needed to be educated. And if parents couldn't afford it, the church and the community and individuals stepped in to ensure that the kids in the community were educated. They did this for a couple of reasons. Some people think it's because they wanted an educated America and possibly, yeah, because they realized that they had all this opportunity in America and they wanted people to be educated. But more importantly, they wanted the people in their community to be able to read the Bible for themselves and own their faith. That was the number one reason why education was so important in colonial America. And then again, in the late 1890s, when we brought in the social um, lockstep method of education from Prussia, we also imported their military, um, their military, uh, whatever you call it, uh, playbook. <laughs> um, things changed. And all of a sudden we got these huge community type um, decentralized, uh, not decentralized, centralized um, locations of education and the teacher trainer colleges, teacher training colleges um, it were it became a thing. 
And, and so that's what really changed education in America. And ever since then, we have seen a decline in the literacy rate in America. And that's really a problem because if our consti- constituents are not educated, um, that plays a part in how strong our economy is, our democracy, and all the things. So it's really important that our people are educated. And look, I say this all the time, public schools are not failing. They are wildly successful at what they were created to do, which was to create a consumer class of worker bees for the elite. And they've done that since they were um, started and they've been doing a great job ever since. So if you want your kids to be something more than just a consuming worker bee, you need to really reevaluate their educational system. That's based on the history of education in America, which I wrote my thesis on. And there's there's a lot more about that, but it's it's backed by research. Okay, so let's just talk about the cost of ignorance. If you're ignorant, if you're not educated, you're going to have all sorts of missed opportunities because ignorance always leads to missed opportunities for personal and professional growth. You don't have the knowledge about available resources. You don't understand educational uh, opportunities or career paths. And not knowing those things can really limit an individual's uh, potential to succeed and achieve their goals or even know that they could think about something bigger um, and, and dream beyond where they're at. It also, ignorance also leads to inefficient decision-making. So ignorance hinders effective decision-making because without accurate information or understanding, without the ability to analyze, synthesize, strategize, individuals make uninformed choices and those have negative consequences for their well-being, their finances, their relationships, and even their health. That can lead to wasted time, resources, and opportunities. There's health and safety risks to being ignorant as well. Um, the the people who are un, uh, uneducated often have higher healthcare costs and compromised well-being. Um, they have a lack of knowledge about preventative measures, healthy lifestyle choices, and how potential risks can lead to avoidable illnesses, accidents, and unhealthy behavior. That places an additional burden, honestly, on the healthcare system and to the communities at large. Ignorance also leads to social division and conflict because it contributes um, to misunderstandings, stereotypes, prejudices, and those can often arise from a lack of knowledge about different cultures, beliefs, and perspectives. That can often lead to discrimination, hostility, strained relationships within communities, hindering social cohesion and progress. Education changes that. Um, a lack of education also has an economic impact. Ignorance leads to economic ramifications straight up. Lack of financial literacy, for example, leads to poor money management skills, debt accumulation, financial instability. Ignorance about economic policies, market trends, and emerging industries can hinder hinder individuals' ability to adapt to changes and take advantage of opportunities in the job market. It can also lead people to to actually vote for poor economic policies um, and for debt. That's not good debt. And we could have a whole discussion on good versus bad debt, but... Um, free sounds so appealing. And if you don't realize that somebody's paying for the free, you're going to vote for the free. Um, Ignorance also contributes to environmental consequences. Ignorance about environmental issues and sustainable practices can have severe ecological and economic impacts. Failure to understand um, environmental issues can lead to long-term damaging of the ecosystem, um, et cetera, and, and, you know, again, vote in policies that are damaging to everybody. And then ignorance also leads to stagnation of progress because ignorance can impede social progress and innovation without a well-informed population, scientific advancements, tech breakthroughs, social advancements are going to be hindered. 
Progress in fields such as medicine, renewable energy, and social justice require a knowledgeable society that can actively participate and contribute to positive change. So really it's important to note that ignorance is not synonymous with lack of intelligence or education. It simply refers to a lack of knowledge or awareness about specific subjects or areas. And we can't all be subject matter experts, but we can all know how to learn, know how to read, to, to analyze, to find experts, and even finding people to trust um, is part of being educated. So overcoming ignorance requires a commitment to learning, critical thinking, and a willingness to challenge preconceived notions. Investing in education, promoting access to information, and fostering a culture of curiosity and lifelong learning is going to combat the cost of ignorance and empower individuals to make informed decisions, drive positive change, and create a more inclusive and prosperous society. And look, I have spent my entire adult life educating people, my own kids, other people's kids, and co-ops, class days, and online education. It's really what I'm all about. I love education. I love it when I find people who are learning how to learn themselves. It just makes me so happy. So look, I am totally 100% behind investing in education, and that's what we're going to talk about next. But I want you to be aware of the different costs of how you educate, and that they're not all created equal. Some are really expensive, and you're not going to get what you might think you're paying for. Okay, so let's start with public education, because there's this idea out there that public education is actually free because it's funded by the government and it's free of charge to all students. And while public schooling is often considered the most affordable option, it's important to examine the costs of public education. For one, there's taxes. We all pay them. We're all responsible to pay them. And we don't get a choice in where our tax money goes most of the time. So you're paying for your public school right out of the chute. The second cost, and this is personal, now we're going to go to personal <laughs> costs, okay? The second cost is school supplies. And although public schools, most of them provide basic educational materials, parents are usually responsible for uh, producing and purchasing additional supplies such as textbooks, notebooks, pens, backpacks. Let's not even talk about the tissues and all the things that go in the closet for the classroom. So you're not just providing your own kids with school supplies, but you're providing the classroom for school supplies. And look, most of the taxpayer payer money that goes to public school education is a very top heavy um, kind of industry. And so a lot of it goes to bureaucracy. It's a very small percent that actually makes it to the classroom teacher and makes it to the classroom. That's why parents have to kick in money for things like tissue paper and notebooks and coloring pencils and markers and all those things. And the cost can vary depending on the grade level, but listen, it's not cheap. $577 for an elementary school kid. $763 for a middle school kid. And for a high school level student, it's $1,223 on average in America. $1,223 just for school supplies. That's not counting uh, like, you know, the cool clothes your kids want to wear or the really cool sneakers or anything like that. It's just school supplies. The third cost of public school education is extracurricular activities. <clears throat> and while public schools can offer a variety of public school activities like sports clubs, field trips, participation is often not optional and parents are often required to come up with things like uniforms, equipment, transportation, and event tickets on average to the tune of $739. Again, not free. 
Um, the other thing I want to just point out, because I was in band and choir and a tennis and all the things when I was in high school forever ago, and we had to do fundraisers left and right. And I know you do too. Um, if your kids are in public school, you are doing fundraisers. Not only that, but you probably have to show up and volunteer at the school every now and then or bring cupcakes or whatever it is that they're having you bring these days. But look, it's $739 on average, and that doesn't count the fundraisers. And I know when I was in band and choir and everything, uh, we could do fundraisers, but if we didn't raise enough money, our parents had to kick in the money that we didn't earn as a fundraiser. And my parents weren't going to kick that money in. So I became very good at becoming at selling things in my neighborhood. And I had a ton of band and um, choir friends in my neighborhood. So it was a saturated market, but I learned how to sell, I guess, doing fundraisers. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of a hidden cost. The other thing is transportation. And while public schools typically provide transportation for students who live within a certain distance, it might not be the safest environment. Look, I broke my arm on a public school bus. Um, I didn't personally break it. It was broken on a public school bus and not from a fight. Just people weren't following rules. And I got jostled around and about 50 kids were behind me and I jammed my wrist and broke it on a school bus seat. So um, it's not there's no seat belts, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't want your kids on a public school bus, um, you might want to pay to drive them to or from school or provide a, a car for them. Now, in high school, I went to a, a school that I had to actually ride public uh, the public bus to get to. And nobody paid for the cost of that ticket. <clears throat> the, the city didn't, the, the school didn't. So we had to come up with that cost. And on average, Families are paying about $554 for transportation to get their kids to and from school. So the average cost of a public school student for free education in America is $2,516. You heard that right. $2,516 for public school on average in America. That's not free in my opinion. Okay. We're going to move on to private school. Private school offers alternative public, uh, an alternative to public education often providing specialized curriculum or focus like STEM or um, an honors curriculum or whatever, often smaller class sizes, and occasionally a more rigorous academic environment. Again, parents, it's up to you to determine, is the grade reflecting your kids' skills and knowledge base? And if it isn't, you need to have a good talk with your kids and with whoever's running your school. Now, those advantages come with a higher price. Tuition and fees at private schools, uh, they can vary greatly depending on the institute's reputation, location, and facilities. Um, some schools require an application fee, an enrollment fee, a tech fee, an annual re-enrollment fee. Um, that's not even counted into this cost of tuition that I'm going to tell you. So really, it's essential to research and consider those expenses when deciding on private school. But on average, private schools in America cost $15,000. Well, actually just over $15,000. So um, quite expensive. If you go for four years of high school, that's $60,000. That's a chunk of change in my world. I don't know about where you live, but it can go up to $48,000 per year. $48,000. That's right. 48,000. Now, when I went to college, I went to a private Christian college and with a really pretty good reputation, you wouldn't know a lot of people who went there um, because they're big in the Christian music industry, but it cost $20,000 for my entire college career. And I got a decent education compared to $48,000 at private schools for one year of high school. Crazy good, crazy days we live in. Okay, that's tuition and fees. Um, and let's talk about uniforms and dress codes because many private schools enforce a dress code or require students to wear uniforms. Those can add up pretty quickly. 
I was surprised at how low this number was. On average, uniform um, cost for private schools was only $249. I, I honestly find that a little hard to believe because we had to, when I went to private school in high school decades ago, again, um, we could not wear jeans. So we had to wear dresses or skirts or um, dress pants. And they, I mean, jeans aren't cheap anymore either, but it, it wasn't, you had to be intentional about what you were wearing to school. Anyway, the average cost for uniforms and dress, dress code is only $249. And then there's extracurricular uh, activities fees. So similar to public school, private schools offer extracurricular activities, but often they come with additional costs, right? So parents might need to pay for club memberships, specialized training, or travel expenses for competitive events. Again, Let's not forget the idea that a lot of times you have to do fundraising. Personally, I don't really love fundraising. <laughs> I'd rather just pay it, um, but that can be expensive too. And a lot of private schools re rely really heavily on fundraising and donations. So that's how they're really supporting their programs and facilities. And families might feel obligated to contribute to those efforts, adding financial pressure above and beyond the tuition fees, right? So fundraising and donations are a big part of private schooling. Let's move on to homeschooling. And you guys know I'm going to be advocating for homeschooling, but let's just look at the numbers because here's the deal. You can homeschool for free. Now, the deal with that is you're going to pay in either time or money. So if you if you pay for free homeschooling, you're going to actually be putting a lot of time in doing research, gathering resources and all those kind of things. And you really are going to need to find books or the internet or printing paper. So really, it's not going to be free because you're going to have to invest in some resources. Even if you just invest in printing, that's going to add up because it's not the printing itself. It's the toner and it's running out of the red dye number four and all those kind of things. So you're, it's going to be hard, almost impossible to educate your kid for free at this point in the world. Um, unless somebody just hands you a library or hands you a lot of resources. So it's going to be a cost-effective option if you want to take it that way. Um, and you can do it for very inexpensively, but I would say at this point, it's probably not going to be free, especially with the library situation right now. Now, we live, um, we have a really pretty good library system, but what I've noticed is a lot of the libraries are cleaning out the books and it's kind of like a tech center. Like you walk in and there's like a couple bookshelves with books, but mainly it's like computers in there. They do have an interlibrary loan still, but you have to know how to use it, teach your kids to use it. Then you have to wait for the books. So if you still have a good interlibrary loan system where your library is, you can homeschool for very inexpensively. Um, but it's, again, going to be either time or money. So what are the big costs for homeschooling curriculum and learning materials? Um, you're going to have to invest in figuring out what materials to get for your kid, textbooks, online cl classes, educational software, et cetera. And those materials can vary widely depending on the chosen curriculum and the kids' grade levels. But I want to pause for a minute and just talk about online courses because, of course, that's what we do at True North Homeschool Academy. We offer live online classes and that means that they're synchronous. Your kids meet with a teacher and fellow students at a certain time and day every week. And then they have assigned and graded homework throughout the rest of the week. And we have no hidden costs. What you pay is um, all you pay. You don't pay for a registration fee or a tech fee or an activity fee on top of that. You pay the cost of the class. And then you have a subject matter expert for at your disposal for 15 to 30 weeks. They've planned the classes. They understand the SAMR, SAMR hierarchy of home of, I'm sorry, the SAMR hierarchy of online education. They have done some gamification probably. And we have, again, an online virtual campus. So they've got topic boards and bulletin boards at your kids' disposal. So for the cost and what you're getting, it's really a top-notch education 
for really pennies on the dollar of what you would be paying at a private school and maybe even a public school. Because you can take our whole program, six classes for just over what you would pay for fees for a public school. And that's a subject matter expert that's not getting jostled in, on the school bus and breaking your arm or having any kind of woke ideology um, uh, presented to your kids as natural and normal. That means that you have the faith, family, freedom, values presented to your kids that you want to have presented to them all for just um, a, a small amount more than what they would pay for at public school. So online education doesn't have to be that spendy. It can be really a great way to invest your educational dollars. And the thing is, like when I was homeschooling, um, I worked for 12 of the 30 years that we homeschooled and eight of those years were full time. So online education really allowed my kids to be home with me while I was working. I had honestly the benefit of being able to work from home for most of that time. And that was really a great benefit because at least we're in the same space together and I could oversee what they were doing. But online education really allowed us to make the money that we needed to support our family and to the activities that we wanted and the travel that we wanted and still homeschool our kids. So if that's what you're looking at, if that's what you're facing is working while you homeschool, online education can be the very best way to go, especially if you're working with a company like True North Homeschool Academy, because we take education very seriously. We take the costs very seriously and we try to provide you with a really exceptional education um, because we know that your your um, your dollars are hard earned. We want to respect and honor that. Okay, so another great thing about homeschooling is teaching resources. I mean, you do have to pay for them, but you get to choose them. And while those costs might accumulate as your kids get older um, and they go through different educational stages and they need more materials that are more, either broader or deeper or both, um, you're going to have to go outside of yourself a little bit. Um, extracurricular activities. Look, homeschoolers provide, uh, they are participating in everything under the sun. In fact, on average, they participate in more extracurricular activities than their public school counterparts. Those activities do often cost money, um, and, but just like they would in public or private schooling. So sports, music lessons, community programs. The cool thing about a lot of those is that parents don't have to do a lot of volunteer work if they're paying for those kind of activities, um, where in public school and private school, the parents are expected to show up on top of it. And then, you know, you do have the time of parental involvement in homeschooling, and that can be a significant cost. If you're not working and you're homeschooling, um, you're, you're substituting your salary for being home with your kids. And look, it is a beautiful way to invest your adulthood to, to pour into the lives of your children. Nothing better. I highly endorse it, but you don't have to do it all yourself. You can outsource to True North Homeschool Academy. I would uh, make use of any co-ops or class days that make sense for you that are aligned with you as far as your educational pedagogy goes. And if you have family resources like grandparents that you can pull in, absolutely do that. But again, you might lose some income if you homeschool. You don't have to anymore with, with resources like True North Homeschool Academy. Um, so it doesn't have to be such a big financial hit to have some one parent stay home full-time to homeschool. So in conclusion, whether you're considering public, private, or homeschool, there are costs for all of them, but it's crucial to look beyond the initial expenses. Because while public schooling offers the lowest direct cost, um, you're going to have to pay for supplies and extracurricular activities. And really, you want to know what is the agenda the public school is pushing this year. And it might change from year to year. And you might think, not in my school, not in my district. My community is safe. Look, if the unions are in your state, you need to really be thinking about what is going on in your public school. Because 
if the unions are in control, the community doesn't have a say in what's happening in your public school for the most part. So you want to be aware of who has control of your school. Private schooling does provide a more tailored education, but of course it comes with much higher tuition fees, uniforms, fundraising expectations. And honestly, homeschooling is a private school. It's a private personalized education for your kids, more personalized than private education. And this is the way the wealthy have always have always educated their kids. They've always had very small, personalized um, homeschool environments or very small private schools um, with just a couple kids in it. And it's really the most cost-effective way to educate your kids. But again, parents have to invest in curriculum materials and consider potential loss of income. But again, with resources like True North Homeschool Academy, it doesn't have to be a huge loss of income. And you have subject matter experts that are on your team, nothing better than that. So ultimately, the decision on which educational option to choose is based on factors beyond financial considerations. Taking into account how much everything costs should be part of your um, cost-benefit analysis about where you're going to invest your time and your money as you educate your kids. And look, most parents, their two biggest concerns as they raise their children are, are they going to be physically healthy and how do we pay for health care? And are they going to be educated and how do we pay and provide for their kid, for our kids' education? These are the two main considerations that you probably have as a parent. And um, if you're not sure how to educate your kids well, that's what we do at True North Homeschool Academy. Our academic coaches and advisors are standing by to help you come alongside of you so that you can provide the best education possible for your kids, given your situation and your budget. And um, of course, um, every option has its own advantages and disadvantages, but really consider your kids' individual needs and overall educational goals. If you, if you want your kid to go to an Ivy League or a military academy, you need to be thinking about that in junior high. If you want your kids to be financially independent by their early 20s, you really need to consider how you're going to set them up for that. And look, again, every kiddo needs to be taking entrepreneurship and career exploration while they're still in high school, regardless of whether they're going to public, private, or homeschool. So if your academic institution does not provide those classes, you need to come up with a way that you're going to outsource those for your kids. Because again, we're in the fourth industrial revolution. Um, jobs are being created. Jobs are being lost at a very alarming rate. And your kids need to know how to pivot. They need to know real world skills and they need some kind of vocabulary for what's ahead for them because they're going to be working and living in a high tech global gig economy. Okay, you guys, this has been a chock full episode, but thanks for tuning in. Again, my name is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. Um, we love to come alongside fellow homeschool parents so that you can go farther, faster and make every dollar, every educational dollar that you invest in your kids' education count. So if you have any questions about education, I'd love to chat with you. Leave me a DM or go on over to truenorthhomeschool.academy and you can start a chat. And if you want to talk with me, just say, hey, I heard Lisa, want to talk with her more. I'd love to hear from you. What educational uh, choices are you making? How are you investing in your kid's education? What are the actual costs and what are the perceived costs? And what did you think about this episode? Leave me a comment, like, and share. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.